0: Hey, can we cuss on your podcast? It's guys sitting around chewing the fat. He (laughs) made me right here in the bed. You guys didn't see that. I haven't been out here in a while. Yeah, she's missed a couple. What? We've done two or three without her probably. Probably more than that. Yeah, probably. Well, yeah. what's up with that? She just... I don't know. She doesn't always like the guys nights and the... Uh-huh. We, we drove 40... No, we drove 21 hours to be in San Antonio for like four hours last yeah, week. Yeah, you were San. So it was... She didn't... She wasn't down for that, I guess. Yeah, and I didn't want to leave Carson. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. By gosh. But, you know... So, wow.
1: so what's, what, on, what's on the uh, the pulse beat of your listeners? What, uh, what do you
0: think might interest people? Well, I got something that I know is going to interest them. Ooh, okay. But I want to save it for a minute. Oh, doggone it. Okay. What's new in Parsons?
1: Uh, let's see. What's new in Parsons? Well, you know, we just had the visit uh, with Congressman LaTurner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in town, and we were able to show him the building site for the future public safety center. That was um, my thing.
0: Yeah, and... So let's go ahead and talk about it.
1: Okay, so, you know, we've met with his staff, we've met with uh, Senator Moran's staff, we're trying to secure multiple sources of federal funding. Um, we think maybe we might be talking in the range of about $8 million between uh, several pots of federal money. Is what you could
0: get, Yeah, but not near what you need?
1: Um, about half. So... Yeah, then then we would have to look at, you know, the second half of uh, the public safety sales tax. There's a half a penny that's still on the table that voters could approve. That would give us uh, probably about 5 million over 10 years with the other half of the half penny, um, you know, going toward, you know, some kind of level of dedicated service for domestic violence intervention, victim services outreach and also to enhance the uh, the school resource officer program
0: oh okay so cameron probably doesn't even know what the public safety center is and i'm sure a lot of people don't but ah so
1: um it would be the replacement for the um closely almost their 90 year old uh fire headquarters um which is a nasty old building uh if i was a firefighter i sure wouldn't want to be sleeping in it mm-hmm. It is the uh, we believe it is the oldest operating fire headquarters in the entire state of Kansas, and that's really not anything to be proud of.
0: <laughs> that's insane.
1: Yeah. Um, and and it's it it you know took a you know partial hit from the tornado in 2000, and it was not completely repaired up to snuff. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the fire department. We took a hit. And we still have some, You mean the
0: police department?
1: Yeah. Oh, the yeah. police department okay. building that was is right next to it also took a partial hit. And it's also not up to complete snuff either, structurally. So both of those buildings, according to the fire chief, are technically condemnable.
0: Really? hmm That's crazy. And what about the second fire station? Would it combine it, too? It would. So um, it would be all the firefighters and policemen.
1: All, yeah. We'd all be in one central location... And the nice thing is the piece of property that we were, we were, were able to purchase a few years ago is centrally located. So it allows the fire department not to be uh, not to lose any points toward um, you know fire insurance rates.
0: So, I know where it's at, but are we allowed to say? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just south of Ballers.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and Ballers seems to be pretty happy about the the possibility yeah, of, I bet inc- they do. of increasing their, uh, what, their restaurant uh, crowd. Dude, for a <laughs> bar, they don't yeah. mess around. Yeah.
0: Like, if there's, they've got their little sign on the wall that says how many people are allowed in here. And if there's more than that, there's a line and no one goes in until someone comes out. Yep, they've got the list on the wall of people who can't, can't come back. It that's is, my they favorite. don't freaking mess around there, dude. It is like no nonsense.
1: Well, that's good because it, it, not only is there a built-in, um, you know, group of people to eat, um, you know, as a training facility, as we grow the number of people attending the the Kansas Law Enforcement Training Center um, courses that are literally across the street in, in the police annex at twenty one oh five Corning. That's a good business for them. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. So what will happen with the old buildings?
1: Well, you know, the community will have to uh, make some decisions. Yeah. Right now, the police department, we operate from three different buildings um actually four
0: i only know of two
1: yeah we'll see we've kept a secret yeah so you've got the the police headquarters you know right across the alleyway and next to the fire department the old law office is the yeah the old law office that's the the detectives and then we have an off-site area for evidence and property storage that's a secret okay and then we have the police annex which we were able to uh, get the old strip mall at 2105 Corning uh, for free. Okay. And then we leased two of those suites to the Kansas Law Enforcement Training Center for regional in-service training. And then the next suite we just remodeled, and that is the home for the, the new use force simulator, which I know both of you are going to want to come and experience.
0: Okay, hold on. Where is that, where's that location again for the simulator? 2105 Corning. Okay. And people can just come experience it? No, you have oh. to be invited. Oh, okay. Yeah, but and we can. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You guys okay. are going to be invited. So, the remodel of that suite is almost done. We still have to put in the cabinets and, and some other things. Um, and so, you know, law enforcement from our department and throughout the region will come in there to do training. But we also want to reach out to community leaders. You know, folks who, uh, you know, school staff, K-12, through Lubbock Community College staff, mm-hmm. students who are in criminal justice programs or who might be interested... Um, and, you, you know, selected folks in, uh, in Parsons so that they kind of get to experience the full meal deal.
0: So what do you do? You put the, like, goggles on and you feel like... No, you... no goggles.
1: Oh, no. Pooey on the goggles. No, I we thought don't.
0: It, I didn't know if it was like a... Vir... What's that game called? The virtual reality yeah, stuff. And it, no, I figured it was like that.
1: No, this is... is uh, it's a large room, probably twice the size of, of uh, the okay. studio here. Okay. And it has... Um, it's got these huge screens that kind of wrap around you 300 degrees and it's got a rubber floor so if you need to you know get down on the floor you don't have to kill your knees Mm -hmm. and it is programmed with uh, 450 different kinds of law enforcement scenarios which can change um, based on what an officer does or doesn't do Hmm. so you can't go in there and go all right, I, I know that uh, Scenario 24 is this, and I'm going to be great at that mm-hmm. because we can change it up instantaneously. It's got uh, you know, surround sound. It is an immersive experience, and it allows us to um, have from one to four officers in there at the same time. So if they were going to work their way through an active shooter, you could have four officers go in.
0: Call backup.
1: Yep, call backup, have multiple people. You know, you're, you're going, doing a building search. You're looking, you know, for bad guys. Um, and you're able to use um, a handgun, a carbine, OC spray, a taser, and even uh, a flashlight, which is an uh, what an IR flashlight that will react appropriately mm-hmm. on the screen. What's a carbine? Uh, it's, uh, for us, it's a short barreled rifle.
0: Okay. So, man, that sounds crazy. If you're, is there like, if, what if you, how do you walk forward in it?
1: Well, it's a big enough room where you actually can, when we want people, you know, we want officers to move, right? Yeah. That's, that's part of the gig is they, they need to look for, you know, cover. there will will be like a mailbox and, you know, some different things that they mm-hmm. can utilize if they need to for cover or concealment, depending on what the problem is. And and it's not just about using deadly force, right? I mean, it's to some, prevent it. Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, our mantra is always use the lowest level of force to gain the mm-hmm. highest level of voluntary compliance. Seems kind of basic, but yeah. you know, sometimes you got to drill into maybe those big city cops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and so you know, some of these scenarios really just demand verbalization. Mm-hmm. Um, some might you know you know require that you use a taser, or OC spray, or You know, it's a deadly force situation. And then what do you do after that? Because a lot of police training will go up to the point of whatever the force is and it's like, oh, okay, we're done. no, no, you're not. You know, there's a lot more what's, what's kind of cool with this. uh, And we just did this the other day with one of the officers is it was an active shooter scenario. And we have um, an individual who's been shot, you know, and, and they're laying on the screen. And we have the bad guy who comes around the corner. So they take care of of the deadly force threat bad guy's now done And now it's incumbent on our officers to go and engage and do emergency medical aid You know with the uh, the person on the screen and then you go. Well, how in the world do you do that? Well, you know, you've got a a CPR mannequin and now you've got to actually apply tourniquets and, and work through the rest of the problem so it really, this all started from um, a, a coffee conversation three years ago with one of the staffers from Senator Moran's office who was in town to talk with constituents. And at the end, um, he and I, you know, we were just talking about law enforcement, you know, uh, challenges, issues facing, you know, the U.S. And that was during a period where there was a lot of legislation about new restrictions on law enforcement and, 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 you know, laws. And it was like, I mean, I, I get some of that, but you know, in, instead of trying to legislate everything, why don't we just train police officers better? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the scenarios that you see, you know, that uh, are disastrous on YouTube right. is, is anybody, you know, practicing? You know, are you, are you, you know, back in my day, you know, you used to, during field training, you would have your field training officer kind of go through this never ending list of what if, what if this happens, what are you going to do? What if that happens? What are you going to do? And that's all good mind games. Mm -hmm. But you know, how do you, how do you, um, you know, combine your, your classroom training, you know, on law, use of force and all that kind of stuff with actually, you know, the hands-on Well, we go out to the range. Well the range it, yeah. you're just putting holes in a piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like okay, I can shoot, but
0: how do you know when to, how yeah, do you know not to? Exactly. Yeah.
1: And and there's there's obviously a lot more to police work than shooting. So, you know, our conversation was basically wouldn't it be smarter for the federal government if you want to make an investment to invest in, you know, grants to purchase use of force uh, simulators? So that officers can make whatever mistakes they're going to make inside a classroom, you know, four walls, instead of, I don't don't necessarily want every police officer to be on the job training, learning for the first time. Yeah, for sure. So that that came about, but, you know, it took time. You know, uh, Senator Moran was uh, was great to work with. Uh, We got the funding you know then we were able to you know do the bid get the purchase you know then we had to remodel the the facility mm-hmm. and now we are so close
0: <laughs> how how far out are you you know
1: um probably a month or two cool. at most you know it's it's really it, it, now it's 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 down to you know just getting the cabinets you know putting you know the finishing touches there's a couple of rooms that go along with the simulator. When you first come in, you have to, you know, what, disengorge anything that might be a weapon before mm-hmm. you can get into the secure area of the suite. You know, so we got to have cabinets and everything locked up there. Then you walk down the hallway. You go into a small classroom. You know, we have to get a uh, a flat screen up on the wall, um, and we do a briefing. You know, because. And whether you're an officer or just you, you know uh somebody in the community you don't want to just walk in cold it's like what is this what is this for what's the what what can i expect is going to happen yeah um we talk a little bit about use of force uh law options that, that people should consider then you go from that room into uh i'll say the supply room and um that's where you get you know all of the uh the simulated weapons and you know if you're a civilian you know we're gonna have some uh, um, expired bulletproof vests you got to put on all the the accoutrements Mm -hmm. you know that officers do and then we walk you in and then we brief you on each of the scenarios that you're gonna walk through
0: Mm -hmm. nice would you try that would you you're kind of a dainty girl I mean could you handle Oh, I'm so dainty (laughs) 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 could you handle bulletproof vest and the Scenarios and the pressure? No. Would you, You'd try it, though? Oh, you could do it. You will not even try it? I don't know. She'll try it. <laughs> that's exciting. What's the timeline? You said 10 years on the uh, public safety center, maybe?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... You if, think that's really how long it could take well i mean we're in year 6 right now oh so total so yeah in not total not from now yeah not from today i okay. mean you know when i first showed up here we we started talking about the need you know to do something with the fire department facilities the police facilities and it's a slow process cuz i've done this twice before in building new facilities and it's a good chunk of your life you know because you got to get the land you've got to do the needs assessment you got to get the uh, architects got to bring all those people together
0: I was gonna burp um, <laughs> That's all right will there be EMTs in there too or no no Just...
1: EMS is still gonna be stationed out at the hospital okay. we early that on make we had talked about them being co-located but the piece of property is only 3.43 acres okay. so we're really stretching yeah, we're
0: maxed out
1: the first design was a two-story building but, oh my gosh, you, as soon as you go to a second story, the cost is exorbitant. So it was like, that ain't yeah. going to work.
0: And, I mean, your first responders, I mean, I know it's only seconds, but, you know, two stories is just more stairs unless you go to the old-fashioned fire pole, I Get guess. Yeah, you
1: know, I think, you know, those firemen, you know, they got, they, they got those bark loungers and yeah. you know, they can jump right on that pole.
0: They so. probably <laughs> would like it, so they could use the pole. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there'll be any negatives of having oh, everyone th- together?
1: Oh, relative to the facility, no. And, and there's also another key piece to this is that it's also built so that uh, Lebet Community College will be able to have a home for their fire science and criminal justice program. So there'll be classroom, a couple classrooms there, oh, a couple so of be faculty here in instructors, too. yeah. Oh, and that's crazy. And for our benefit is that if you're in, taking fire science classes. Well, here's a real working fire department. And is there a possibility that you could be a volunteer firefighter, that you could, you know, do the, the overnight sleepovers and provide additional supplemental manpower to the, the fire crews? Yeah, that'd be cool. And from a police perspective, is there an opportunity for us to interact and look at, you know, interns, you know, recruit dispatchers, officers? You know, yeah, absolutely. So it that relationship would be a first for the state of Kansas. Nobody else in the state has that kind of higher education component embedded into an operational,
0: you know, emergency home. Safety center. Yeah. Do other, uh, they might not have the educational part, but do bordering communities have the combined police and fire?
1: Yeah, actually the the closest one is Coffeyville. Um, Theirs is uh, about... Four years old now five years old and it's
0: all of it they don't have like a separate you know no, it's, it's
1: police and fire together yeah because mm-hmm.
0: i know some like pittsburgh i think has at least two you they, know you get the bigger cities one might not work with geographically you know
1: right and they're they're fire headquarters that's actually separated from the the police um headquarters so mm-hmm. you could you could still have like a you know a, uh what a main mm-hmm. operation and then have your satellite you know, substations out there, but yeah, it, it is, um, you know, there's, there's a benefit in, in being able to, you know, work together. Um, yeah, there's, you don't have to have like two workout areas. You don't have to have, you know, two different locker rooms. You don't have to, cafeteria or kitchen type. Right. You've got, you've got, that is handy.
0: And we'll have to figure out what we're going to do with those other two buildings.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the fire department, I mean, In Seattle, uh, Seattle was neat because when I was working there, there was a great brewery restaurant that was in one of the old um, fire stations and almost literally right across the street was the replacement station. So you can sit there, have your beer and you're watching the fire trucks, you know, go. I mean, it was kind of a neat little thing. Uh, And so as a brewery, uh, that could work out really well. Again, there's some structural issues. They would have to be dealt with, but it also takes money to make money you know mm-hmm. who who could actually come in here and make that investment for a really neat destination brewery restaurant I mean, I know
0: a guy that would he's, I, been, he's been looking for about five years and if he's listening, he knows who he is, so keep your eye out okay, well, sign him up uh, I don't even know who it is I'll tell you after. Um, the police department
1: is a little harder, yeah, because we've got a lockup, you know, in the center of it. So, what could you use it for? It's not for? as
0: cool, like brick, you know, old, yeah, yeah, definitely
1: a different, you yeah. know, it's 30, just now over 30 years old. But, could that be a juvenile center that actually has some detention cells? Yeah, that could be. Um, But the easiest one is the the law office. We've already had, you know, like about three different inquiries that people want to purchase that. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: What about um, juveniles now? Where do they go? Oh, the juvenile
1: justice system is, uh, I'll just say it's a disaster. It's a, uh, there are only eight juvenile correctional facilities in the entire state. The closest one for us is in Girard, and it's very small. And there are many, many times where we have uh, significant arrests involving juveniles, and they don't meet the criteria to be booked in, in, in held up at the Girard facility, and they're returned right back into the community.
0: What, what's what do you mean they don't meet the criteria? Well, like to, it's not a crazy enough, violent enough crime. Yeah, or?
1: although some of the crimes, I mean, you would think like you know, aggravated assault. I <laughs> know, uh, yeah. probably shouldn't be hanging out. Uh, yeah, in, in, in many, many states, every county has a juvenile correctional facility, even if it's only three, four, five beds. Well, you yeah, know, in Kansas, you know, we have 105 small counties, generally. Yeah. Uh, and so they try to group, you know, what, bunches of those, those counties together and then, you know, have a correctional facility. Well, when you only have eight in the entire yeah. state, And there's a limited number of beds for, you know, kids. Well, then they start putting criteria on who's actually going to stay in custody until their case is adjudicated. And that's probably not the best way to do it. Well, it's not
0: giving them any... Any lesson? Yeah.
1: No, and they they come, you know, right back, you know, to the community. And, uh, well, you know, if there's not a deterrent value... Right. Then have we really done anything other than prepare somebody else to become a victim? That's the same you know problem that we have you know with judges you know, who you know continue at times to have very low bail or they release you know convicted felons on their own recognizance. Yeah. Um, the bail system in in Kansas is not regulated. There's a, a bill currently in the state legislature that was introduced by, um, bail bondsmen uh, that work with insurance companies. So, you know, I'll say they, they are structured professionals Mm -hmm. and then you have bail bond operations that, you know, it's Joe's bail bonds. Mm Uh, and they don't want, those guys don't want any regulation, right? Most States, you know, when, when you see bail, it's a million dollar bail all right, well, somebody's got to come up with $100,000 worth of, you know, cash or equity or or something by statute. Mm-hmm. Kansas, there's no statute. So if a bail bondsman wants to take a risk on 1% or 2% or 5%, they can. And some of, you know, the our local folks do that. And so if if you already have a judge that is is issuing a low bail, say um, I don't know, say it's a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, which around here would be a big bail. We see a lot of ten thousand dollar bail amounts mm-hmm. for people you know being arrested on felony charges. So if it's a thousand dollars, and it's one percent. That's a mm-hmm. hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. You know, if it's ten percent, well, it's still not very much. Yeah. You know, uh, and so a lot of people can walk out with a with a credit card, and, and trust me, some of our drug dealers, they can do that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm hoping that there's some legislative changes to the bail system, and that there are some statutory minimums um, that people have to come up in posting bail.
0: Only makes sense. What's back to the juvenile thing? Mm-hmm. What's arresting a a minor look like? More well, hoops, more checks on the list? But.
1: No, not really. It's uh, it's a little bit different, you know, because first off, uh, when, when we take a juvenile into custody for a misdemeanor or a felony, you know, we notify the juvenile department. They send uh, one of their staff over and they go through literally a checklist of, um, you know, background, history, um, you know, what's the type of crime. Do they have a prior criminal background? You know, what kind of family situation they have? And then based off of that, they, the criteria comes up. Okay, you're going to go to Girard, or we're going to re- release you back to an adult. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in uh, foster care, you know, in the in the care of the state, well, we're going to return you to some foster care placement. I don't think that's a really good idea. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think foster care folks, you know, get into the business thinking that they're going to be what the uh, the secondary housing for arrestees, you know, yeah. so that's not good. So, yeah, and then, you know, then uh, most of the time, man, they're going to be out the door. We're going to do a report. It's going to go to court. In the meantime, you know, most of of those kids are going to be back out on the street.
0: Yeah. Do you think if. When this public safety center comes about and you are free to do what you want with the main headquarters, is it hard to turn it into a juvenile system like no this-
1: um there's there's a bunch of op- options again you know this is this is for you know leaders yeah you know, in and at the city and the county level to to discuss you know the county just recently purchased a building uh, for their their juvenile staff which I believe is only about three full-time employees for LaBette County, and you know could they repurpose that? Yeah, it's basically just office space. Could the city uh, donate? You know the the current uh, facility to the county for a dedicated juvenile holding correctional? Yeah, they could. Um, and those current lockup cells of which we've got. Well, five, six, depending on how, how you look at the arrangement, could be um turned into um, you know, juvenile cells.
0: Yeah. It and that that seems like it'd be the perfect place, but if it's not that hard, I'm surprised they haven't used another building. You know what I mean? Well because there's plenty of vac- I mean, you know, there's some vacant buildings that could be used.
1: Well and and it's not just, you know, about the building, right? It's and it's you- it's having You know, those hardened, you know, cells, which is kind of like the the guts of the police department where you can, you know, detain somebody, you've got cameras, you've got, you know, toilets, you've got all that kind of stuff. Well, we have that right now, but it, it's costly to build. Yeah. And, and, and then not only do you have to have that building, well, if you have three employees right now, well... If you got somebody in the back, you know, in a cell, Mm -hmm. well, now you got to have twenty-four-seven, three hundred and sixty-five, 365, you know, one person that's at least five employees just to make sure that, you know, you've got a person in the building and then, you know, does that mean you got to have, uh, you know, one, two, three more because you've got vacations, Mm -hmm. you know, sick time training, all the, all that. So you exponentially grow your local staff and, um. Yeah. You know, everybody's concerned about taxes.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Everybody's concerned about crime too, but you know, it's like I
0: don't know. Those yeah, those things kinda of butt, huh? Yeah. Kind of butt heads. I got a, I got a kind of a fun question for you. Okay. I wanna know the biggest improvement in Parson since you've got here and the worst setback. Um, the biggest one is community support.
1: When I first arrived here, uh, I was amazed at at some of the the, the nonsense that I, I saw on social media, with no pushback. You know, it was just
0: you know, it was. <laughs> yeah. it was Barson's just, PD does snap back on Facebook. I oh like my gosh! It. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it's it, my favorite. You
1: know, it's it's amazing. You know, now, okay, uh, we're not a perfect organization, right? Mm-hmm. We're staffed by humans. We're imperfect. You know, if we make a mistake now, we'll own it and, you know, we'll try to make it better. Yeah. It's not like there's some, you know, great intent to do lousy police work. Actually, we are the only award-winning law enforcement agency that has a wall of awards from traffic safety to policy and risk management to community collaboration. You know, bring it on, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in, in six years um, to be an award-winning agency, to have outside you know, sources recognize that, we're in the self-assessment phase of law enforcement accreditation right now. We're only one of about 45 agencies out of some 400 in the state that is going through that process, which means we have to meet the, um, the benchmarks in 167 different standards, Uh, So I think we're doing, we're doing pretty good in comparison to the rest of the law enforcement community, especially given our size, our resources, our staffing, our budget. So building a rapport with the community, doing the, the, the quarterly inserts into the newspaper as reports to Mm -hmm. what's happening, to be out in social media, to use email and text alerts to, you know, what uh, we generate yeah, roughly about two press releases a week. Um, I think we're doing a lot more, but I think all of those things should just be standard operating practice for any law enforcement agency. Yeah. Because so. if you don't sell the message, well, if there's a void, somebody's going to throw some crap into oh, yeah. it. You know, so it's and and if people want to throw crap, we're not going to just stand idly by. Mm-hmm. It's like we will respond. Yeah. You know, and we'll try to do it professionally, but we're going to respond and we're going to give as much factual information as we possibly can. And I can guarantee you some of the the Facebook warriors early on were like,
0: (laughs) they are some troopers.
1: Oh, my God. You know, I can't just say bad stuff and they're not. No, you know, I now if people have a question. Great. We want we want questions. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's important to have discourse you know, with the community, um, you know, I wish all local government would be, um, better at that job.
0: Mm -hmm. So what's the worst thing?
1: Um, let's see the worst thing. Um, you know, two things. One, we, we got slammed, um, and cherry picked really hard during COVID. We lost a lot of staff, you know, to the suburbs, Mm -hmm. you know, because the metropolitan area was expanding, you know, their, their police forces, you know, they, they took all the, the suburb cops and then, you know, the suburbs came down and literally were just throwing money, not just at our staff, but, you know, all over the place. You know, here's $10,000, 15000 signing bonus. You're going to get, you know, $3, 4 5 $6 an hour pay raise. You're going to get a take-home car. That is hard to compete with. You know, when you're out here
0: in in rural America, and you're the bottom guy on the totem pole, so you can't cherry pick from anybody under you. Well, huh?
1: there's 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 still there's <laughs> still another you know um, you know league down below, but
0: you can go steal the one from Altamont, I guess. Right.
1: I mean, and that's <laughs> it, it gets pretty shallow, you know, after that. And and I would also say, you know the the passing of K nine Kareem.
0: That was my next thing. Are you tired of talking about
1: that? No, I'm I'm not because um it 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 is. It was a completely negligent act um, on the part of one individual. Um, You know, the policies were in place, the training was in place, the resources were there. But it speaks to, you know, how important the responsibilities are that go along with carrying one of these badges. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, when you make a bad decision, it can have serious ramifications, and that's exactly what happened you know and and i will you know personally carry that you know as as one of the losses on my watch um, you know canine cream you know great great canine great dog um, you know i still my blood still boils over you know how we lost him we should have done we owed him more
0: yeah mm-hmm. so are you allowed to say is the person who was responsible being prosecuted still, or is it in court, where is it at? Yeah,
1: you know what I can say is, you know, the individual was terminated from our employment for multiple policy violations, and um, the last, you know, the, the Sheriff's Office submitted a case for prosecution. It was a misdemeanor because of the way state law wording is. You know, there was a lot of, of uh, posts, you know, by people, you know, granted, I, I appreciate everybody, you know, had, had some concern um and you know some of the, that concern was you know uh, that that individual should have been prosecuted for murder you know I, you know canine police canines are supposed to be the same as humans you know on and on i share that feeling but in this state you know um it it met all the requirements relative to animal neglect mm-hmm. because it wasn't intentional Mm-hmm. it was let's just say plain stupid okay um and in you know sometimes you can get arrested for stupid and in this case that case uh it has been sent to the county attorney uh last i heard uh, a special prosecutor was uh being brought on to take a look at that so you know now having said that what's the end result i i don't think anybody's going to be happy no. you know they because you know, at the end of the day... Or at least
0: everyone won't be happy. Right. You know, at the end
1: of the day, it's a misdemeanor. That individual had no criminal record before. Mm-hmm. It was negligent versus intentional. Um, and, you know, who who knows what the outcome will be? You know, I can't speak for, you know, the county prosecutor or the court system. So, <laughs> but, yeah. but what I can speak to is... Um, I, I loved, you know, some, um, very narrow minded, nearsighted individuals going, oh, this would just be swept under the carpet. They're not going to do anything. They're just going to protect their own. <laughs> well, you know what? No cop wants to be around, a, a, you know, a bad cop or a dirty cop, Yeah, plain and simple. And, you know, um, I guarantee you that, that we used every resource possible you know, to do a a thorough and complete investigation in partnership with the sheriff's office. And I really want to thank, um, Kansas state university, the veterinary medical school, because they're the folks who did the necropsy and they literally tested for everything known to man.
0: Is that the, the animal equivalent of an autopsy? Yes. Okay. You know, and and so
1: we took cream there. Um, and You know, because at first, you know, you're just like, okay, is this a poisoning? Yeah. Is this an undiagnosed medical condition? Mm -hmm. Is it the heat? Is it a combination of some of these? And really only they could tell us that. Right. And so they they did the equivalent of an autopsy. You know, they checked for any and all potential medical issues. There were none, you know, and... And what took a little bit longer was that they sent out for the toxicology for anything that could be tested. Because when we talked to them, it was like, we got to know, yeah. Yeah. you know, a hundred percent, especially if this is going to become, you know, a criminal case. Mm-hmm. And so they sent samples, you know, to other uh, vet schools and other states, you know, for... Just the most bizarre of diseases, you know, or, or things to rule out. And they were great,
0: you know, great professionals. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you said you can get arrested for being stupid sometimes. Yeah. Can being (laughs) stupid really ever get you out of anything? Hmm. Like the, uh, you know, the failure to know the law is not an excuse I've heard, but there's got to be somewhere.
1: Well, you know, this is the thing is in, in policing, you one of the benefits, you know, of, of the criminal justice system is it's not black and white. Whenever you, that's you, a benefit. Yeah, it's a benefit because hmm. not every single crime is identical. Like every yeah. burglary is not the same. Every assault is not the same. Every disturbing the peace call is not the same. Different people, different triggers, different issues. You know, was there some stupid? Was there intent? You know, was there neglect? You know, what's the totality of that? And so. It, Police officers are lucky that they have that range of discretion to look at the totality of the circumstances and then adjust their level of enforcement as necessary. Mm-hmm. So let's say let's take something really small, right? Um, I stop a car that's doing, I don't know, let's say 17 miles an hour over the speed limit. Normally that'd be a ticket. Now if if you drove through one of those radar you know automatic ticket you know machines it would just send you a ticket you know anything over say 12 miles an hour they have
0: those no okay and i don't and i don't like them because you need to take those the other ones down because they just to me it's like you know how fast can you go yeah
1: i well oh well (laughs) so the radar trailer but no this is the this is where it's literally going to send you the ticket we don't, we don't have any of those Oh um, my now there's some, some states, some departments, Louisiana, um, that do have a problem, <laughs> you know, where those are just money machines. Yeah. And, and I think that does a huge disservice to the entire profession because, you know, if, if I stop a car and I go, I go up there, I am officer spinks. The reason I stopped is doing 17 miles an hour. Over the, the, the speed limit. Is there any legal justification of what you're doing today? And it turns out to be your grandmother, and she is um, incontinent, mm-hmm. and she's trying to get home. This is actually a real story. Okay, and she's trying to get home. She's trying to speed home. Okay, and there was, you know, there was no potential of a crash. Would I write her a speeding
0: ticket? Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you mean.
1: You know, no, it'd be yeah. like, oh wow, sorry, okay, uh, let's get you home. Um, <laughs> You know, I stopped a, a car one night. It was late at night, uh, like probably one in the morning. And there weren't any other cars around, but this car was flying through the community that I was at. You know, and I, when I say flying, they were probably doing 80, you know, in the 30s oh, through town. Now, there was nobody else but, you know, me and that car. And it was like, whoa, okay, what do we got here? Yeah, I stop them. I'm Officer Spinks. Oh, are, are you giving birth in the back seat? Oh, shit. And oh, God. she was giving birth in the back seat. <laughs> Did you give him an escort? Yeah. No, I got EMS. It oh. was like, oh, we got to stop right oh, here. You okay. know, and, and you know, the, thank God the fire department is like six blocks away. So. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. So it's like, would I write them a ticket? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, technically, you know, if you're doubling the speed limit, you know, that's an automatic arrest for, you know, reckless driving. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so and there's there's a whole bunch of of those kinds of instances you know so you want a human being that has empathy right Mm -hmm. has a guardian mentality not just an enforcement one yeah to look at each of those circumstances and do the right thing for the right reason
0: yeah I do not like the automatic sending you a ticket yeah
1: you know and, and they've got you know the red light you know ones that automatically take a photo bam 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 you know now there's 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 probably, again, looking back in Seattle, there were a couple of really gnarly intersections that had lots of crashes. And they put, you know, those red light um, cameras, you know, that would send you a ticket. Mm-hmm. The crashes did go down. So, yeah. I mean, there are specific places. Yeah. yeah. But again, it can't be about trying to generate money. It can't be about blindly enforcing the law. It's like, Probably everybody has seen, you know, the scared straight TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's get those kids in there. Let's scare the living crap out of them. (laughs) You know, that's going to change them. Well, the research shows it doesn't do anything. Yeah, really?
0: The same thing with zero tolerance. I wonder why the scared straight did stuff. I mean, I'm not saying I disagree or agree, but I'm surprised that it didn't do anything.
1: No, what the research showed is there was a short-term change in behavior. And I, I believe the research basically said about a month. And then you revert back to being a kid, yeah. good, bad, or different, whatever your, your issues <laughs> yeah, yeah. are, you know, um, and zero tolerance. You know, look at, at some of the horrifically dumb things that have occurred. You, you have a, uh, a kid that uh, um, in one state literally made, made the gun symbol with their, their hand. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're suspended. That is oh wow! And it, oh, really? Uh, how many of us have you know done the gun symbol thing? Yeah, it's like a hey, what's up?
0: Yeah, yeah, man, finger guns. You know,
1: it's like okay, or that um, you know you can't have any knives, and and the, and a kid shows up literally with you know a, a tiny, tiny um, Swiss Army knife. Oh, okay, you know that that. And and I'm using, you know, what is that? Two inches. Two inches for the whole thing, right? So you got less than an inch of a knife. Uh, Okay, you're out of school. Hmm. What? Okay. I mean, I don't know. You know, so, but again, the research shows that that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't apply common sense to anything in policing, I mean, You know, when you start talking about detaining people, technically, what, taking away their civil liberties during a detention or an arrest for a period of time, or obviously, you know, the worst being, you know, you can take a a human life without prior judicial restraint, you know, law enforcement are the only government, you know, entities or personnel that can do that. That's big stuff. That's big stuff. So you kind of got to be thinking what is appropriate. Mm -hmm. In each of those circumstances, and uh, and and law enforcement needs to be held accountable just as communities do when they make really bad decisions.
0: Right. Where do you stand on uh, the no gun signs? Stupid? Not stupid? Well,
1: you know, I'm I'm coming. So, it, you know, I used to be a member of the NRA. Um, I'm not now. the The police department is an NRA affiliated um, agency because we utilize their law enforcement division, mm-hmm. uh, which has been around since the 50s, and they provide a host of useful you know, training material, PowerPoints, you know, things that we use in, in, our, in our general training. That doesn't mean that we agree with you know, any of their lobbying. On the other hand, we also um, work with uh, Moms Demand Action yeah. uh, as well because they're looking at common sense ways not not you know gun confiscation or anything like that yeah. but common sense ways we we and the sheriff's office have a, a current grant you know that we partnered with the uh, the local chapter to be able to distribute free gun locks yeah so you know again it's like common sense you know um, we, I we did get a, a funny letter I'll say from um, the state state um. Uh, chapter of uh, I don't know the Kansas Rifle Association or whatever it was a year or so ago because we as a community endorsed the red Shirt weekend, which was you know basically gun safety. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and it was this nasty letter. you have to stop any connection with or involvement. You can't you know basically talk to these people and it's like, what in the world are you talking about? i mean flip that around you know how the moms demand action could say you can't talk to the nra or mm-hmm. any of their sub because because well, we're not going to do that either yeah you know we're going to partner and work with any community group or citizen that wants to do the right thing for the right reason try to make our community safer so you know a, a big part of of my career on the west coast um you had to actually have a concealed weapons permit if you're going to carry a concealed weapon, you couldn't have a gun immediately accessible in the interior, um, you know, driver and passenger part of a car it had to be, you know, locked up in the trunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, that stuff all seemed common sense to me, right? Um, the constitutional carry, okay, that's the state that I live in. And, you know, so you know, we uphold, you know, the law, you know, that people can go ahead and, carry guns with or without concealed weapons permits open carry throw them in their cars but I'm just kind of saying there's a lot of guns around and I'm not sure that you know having lots of guns around necessarily lowers our crime rate otherwise southeast Kansas ought to be pretty doggone crime free <laughs> yeah um, and it's not whether it's Pittsburgh Coffeyville Independence you know or, or beyond so yeah you know it you know, I'm a gun owner. I'm a yeah. safe gun owner. I've been a farms instructor since the 80s.
0: <laughs> yeah, to me, I can see both sides of the the gun sign because part of me is like, okay, the no gun sign is so that someone doesn't, like essentially so someone doesn't come in here and shoot somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, if someone's willing to shoot somebody, they're not going to give a shit whether or not they broke a law by walking in with a gun. But then I also don't know if maybe for the judicial technicality reasons or the not judicial, but the court system reasons, if they're going to say, well, if you didn't have anything telling them not to have a gun, you can't get them in trouble for, you know? So I don't know. I can, I can see where maybe on a technicality they have to have it, but it also seems kind of silly. And it, and I used to have a teacher in high school that was like, I hate that. No gun sign. Cause all that does is say everyone in here is unarmed and can't defend themselves. You know?
1: Right. Well, I, I would say in most States, Schools are not armed. Uh, you know, right. I'm just saying. You know, there's 18 constitutional carry states. You know, the other states, well, you can't do it anyway. Now they don't have a sign. You just can't do it. You yeah. know, you know, legally. Um, so, wait, what did you say? 18 states or what? Are constitutional carry states. Where in a constitutional carry state like Kansas, yeah you literally can carry a gun just about every place, you know whether it's concealed or not and except for some very small
0: you know um, restrictions so on the ones that aren't that, that doesn't include like school officers, right so they're going to still have school officers oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay. law enforcement you know is, yeah. all, is always going to be exempt from exempt yeah. from that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so that's crazy you got any notes cameron yeah i have one thing how safe do you feel like parsons is because i question and i don't know what safe that's what i was gonna say i don't know what you consider safe but or safe for who well you know. i was gonna say i am a scaredy cat at my core when i go to town now out here i'm fine like i don't know why but if i go to town especially with my child i'm like she thinks if she's within a mile from Highway 400, she's getting abducted.
1: Well, see, I would say I would say the other way around. You guys had a had a murder out here.
0: Yeah, I guess so.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, so it's, yeah. You know, know, do you still feel safe? I, you know, yeah. But so this is the thing: perception versus reality is is always you know a big issue. So when we did our community survey in 2023. You know, it was 127 questions. We had 800 people, you know, respond. We had Fort hayes State University crunch all of those numbers, um, and so some of those questions were specific to your perception of safety. And and like a lot of communities, people, you know, when the sun goes down, it was like, oh, I'm <coughs> I'm not feeling very safe walking around. Now during the day, I'm okay, but you know, when the sun goes down, I don't know and and so then then you have to also look at and this is the downside from you know incompetent ill-informed folks you know on facebook is that if you just want to talk crap then i got a problem with it if you want to actually share figures Mm -hmm. well okay i'm all good with that so if you look at um the infamous you know, what, uh, Parsons is number three in violent crime. Well, last year, you know, I don't know, it was like number seven. We had 66 or 68 violent crimes. Okay, that's not like Wigita or, you right. know, KCK. I mean, you know, and yeah. half of those uh, violent crimes involved violent domestic assaults
0: were saying that last time exactly
1: and it's still the same you know pr, you know a, a proportion and and so it's like okay take that off and then what are you left with um well if you look at the last 10 years we've had what 11 homicides and uh in almost every one of those homicides the victim was known by the suspect about half were domestic related the mm-hmm. other half were drugs
0: hmm okay and you know, then so you're not just gonna get shot walking into El Polledo. No, Palito.
1: no, absolutely. You know, and that—that's, I guess, that's part of you know what, you know, how how do you dispel that mm-hmm. perception when you know you have you know some yakety yak over here on yeah. the side, you know, because we've all taken a stats glass. I mean, I can make stats you know yeah. look whatever they want. I mean, I could turn around and say, actually, our our violent crime rate is one of the lowest in the states because we bring in 4,000 people into the community, which is a fact based on economic development numbers, mm-hmm. that um, work, shop, you know, go to school inside the city. Per day? Per day. Okay. So then it's not a population of like 9,400. It's almost 14,000. Mm-hmm. Well, then if you look at those 68 crimes, you divide that by the population. Now our supposed violent crime rate is next to nothing. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, we can play games with that. What's the most accurate way, I think, to look at at crime? It's actual reported numbers of crime. So, in that regard, when you look at, um, and, and again, the crime stats that everybody sees that are reported that KBI and the FBI publish, it's only eight crimes. It's murder, rape, robbery, aggravated assault, uh, theft, uh, vehicle theft, and arson. That's it. Those are some pretty bad ones. Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> but you, you know, we, you know, we're we're going to to roughly thirty thousand incidents a year inside mm-hmm. the city. That's from a barking dog to a homicide. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and so there's a whole bunch of other stuff. And and then you go, oh my god, there's got to be all kinds of crime. Well, yeah, we responded over five hundred mental health crisis calls last year.
0: Five hundred. Five hundred. Ten a week.
1: Jesus. In a, in, a, in a year, in a year.
0: But I'm saying that's like 10 a week. Yeah, it's busy, you know,
1: You know, and, you know, we get lots of suspicious calls, which, you know, we we encourage, you know, see it, hear it, report it. We'd rather get there, you know, prevent something than miss the big one. Mm-hmm. And so our call, you know, the phone calls have gone up. The dispatch number of, of incidents for officers has gone up proportionally, but the crime level has not. Okay. The, the crime rate has actually dropped but our population is also shrunk. Okay. So we can have less crime, less people, but we have a higher crime rate. So, and it, that is- that's, Because of calls? Well, because of the population ratio to- Yeah. Yeah, and, and so, again, what's the real number of crimes? So, mm-hmm. you know, we have the, the 68 violent crimes. Okay, you know, the world's not, not coming to an end. I actually have no fear of walking anywhere, you know, in town. I don't at, either. At, at any time. I don't either. Now most of the time I got a gun. But yeah, I do. Yeah, a lot of people have guns. No, she's know, saying she well. has
0: fear. Not gun. Well maybe both. Fear what? and a gun. That's most no, dangerous. I'm not carrying a gun with me.
1: <laughs> yeah. So do we have do we have a couple of hot spots? Yeah, I mean I'll call out Mendota Creek. You know, it's the number one hot spot in the city. We're looking at that, you know, to do some hot spot policing because mm-hmm. The owners of that property, I'm just going to say lied to the city in making promises that they never fulfilled when they purchased that recently. They were going to make, you know, $4 million or whatever it was in improvements. They were going to improve cameras. They were going to have on-site security. They were going to better screen individuals. You know what? They lied. Let's just say (laughs) it. They lied. So it's a problem, you know, for the city. Now, how, how can we deal with that? Well, you know, do we need to pass a city ordinance that could declare it to be a public nuisance if there's so many kinds of different crimes and issues and failure to follow through on on your responsibility as a property owner to manage that appropriately? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. You know, that would be one. The other one would be, you know, to target specific uh, crimes and criminals in that geographic neighborhood Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely we could do that too so we're in the process so i'm just telling everybody putting you on notice you know you're probably going to be hearing about hotspot policing targeting the mendota creek neighborhood we've had enough and we're coming for you (laughs) so if if, (laughs) you know if you don't want to be a a good uh neighbor in the community then leave yeah leave you know, mm-hmm. then you don't have to worry about us, you know, on bicycles or UTVs or skulking around in unmarked cars because eventually we're going to catch y'all. Mm-hmm. End of story. Um, you know, we had a, another problem in another part of the town and we barely even pulled the trigger and we were able to eliminate, you know, the, the drug dealers and the people that were involved. Boom, bam, they're gone. Mm-hmm. So you know we all live in in town we don't we want a good community Yeah. Yeah. and you, you it, it doesn't help you know when you're trying to market a community for economic growth mm-hmm. you know you're trying to bring in you know manufacturers and, and jobs you know when you've got a couple of eyesores you know yeah. in in town so yeah. and and the other eyesores you know we we had at one point 172 red tagged homes that were either condemnable falling apart you know they were you know, constructive nuisances. We had, you know, dope issues going on. We had, you know, kids going in and drinking, you know, we had arson, you know, those kinds of things. The city is finally making some, some significant inroads and in trying to clean those out, get them condemned, knock them down, yep. you know, and help to redevelop the community. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm a city resident right i'm paying my taxes and and i get it they're high um i want to see something done because i want to see a better you know community that can really pull itself up from bootstraps same thing with you you're in a business of trying to you know who wants to sell you know homes you know that are falling down you know for 20 30 40 50 000 bucks mm-hmm. there's no money in that you know and yeah. they're crap anyway you want You know, homes that are livable, that, you know, are going to help draw people into the Mm -hmm. community. Well, you know, the city, you know, lost sight of some of their responsibilities over the past 20, 30 years. Right. Now, you know, fortunately, you know, with the current uh, group of commissioners, they get it, you know, and they're trying to put money where their mouth is.
0: Yeah. And like Jim says, you know, better houses for the people that do work here, but live in Pittsburgh you know? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah. when you talk Missing about out on all those tax dollars, yeah.
1: When, when you talk about the fact that we're bringing in 4,000 people to work, school and whatnot, wouldn't it be nice, you know, yeah. if, if we had some affordable houses that were nice neighborhoods that people could actually live here instead of driving, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 miles yeah. away. Yeah. Heck yeah. And, and would that instantly lower my crime rate? Well, yeah, if I had 4,000 people living in, in the city, yeah. my crime rate would go down. And if they are actually folks who can afford, you know, middle income or higher, you know, homes, mm-hmm. they're probably not going to be the, the people that I'm right. going to have to deal with.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for coming out. We'll let you get back to it. I got to tell you one more story that yeah. you reminded me of when you asked her if she felt safe out here. So I don't know if you've ever driven to this road, uh, to the end of this road, but it dead ends you at the don't lake. don't have to tell people where we live. Oh, actually we're broadcasting live from a, a defunct nike well, bunker at the end of it is a lake and one time we had a high speed chase down this road and i motorcycle. was motorcycle i was home motorcycle being followed by like three sheriff's deputies a state trooper it was insane there was like four or five cars chasing a motorcycle wow. and i was like whoa he doesn't know where he's going because wow. there was a lake at the end of this thing. Did, did he go into the lake? No, he crashed he it down at the boat ramp it. and ran up the woods, no. I thought. What did he do? No, he. I thought he crashed. He Down went, at the corner? Yeah, went into uh, the field right down there. He didn't quite make it to the lake, I guess. But didn't it catch the grass on fire? Because this was like the yeah. middle of Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, it caught the Yeah. Right? Wow. Yeah. So, So actually living
1: out here, the violent crime rate is huge because no, there's no, only no. like about what? Five people on this road (laughs) and you've had one major crime. So (laughs) that means, you know, you guys are the number one most violent crime area in the state.
0: No. Yep. Yep. It's (laughs) nice nice and safe out here. No, I do. I mean I'm not I don't feel dangerous or I don't feel in danger in Parsons either or out here though. Yeah. So
1: I mean I I, you know, like I said a little Dainty girl.
0: Yeah, I guess that's what you're gonna call me. Uh,
1: Yep. Hey, we're only we're only a phone call away. Yep. We have one of the quickest response rates too. Really. For any priority one call, our average response time is two minutes. Nice.
0: You can barely get me to go to Walmart with our child by myself. Yeah. Walmart. Yeah, she to so really, snatch me up she, or my child out of it the, she, in the parking lot with the line. human trafficking. She's afraid of Highway four hundred. Well, you, you know, because oh. you can be in Tulsa, you know, Wichita arkansas anywhere within two hours which you know that is kind of okay so this is great like, yeah i
1: mean you, you you can keep this or throw it away but no, i'll keep it okay we it. we um just recently uh installed um uh five uh, they're they're called automatic license plate readers
0: oh we talked about this yeah so
1: now they're finally up it took forever to get the 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 k dot you know mm-hmm. permits so where are they i well, i'm not
0: telling you oh okay. um, oh so they're not they're secret
1: well they're not really a secret i'm sure if somebody were to drive around and they could pick them out but you know we have ours are in beta testing right now so they're they're you know calibrating and but we're starting to to do searches uh pittsburgh they have 15. um caney has one montgomery county has five coffeyville has five independence is installing five iola has a couple adams county has uh some because we're trying and we all share that information so Mm -hmm. so
0: if if say cameron or someone like her gets snatched at walmart yep i call it in how hard is it for you to call whoever you got to call and say hey did this license plate go through pittsburgh or did it go through you know and where independence or whatever
1: It, it literally would take a dispatcher seconds Really, and that's part of the benefit. Yeah, because we can do searches. You know, the, the agencies share that data, and we can do searches for that. It also is helpful for you know Amber Alerts, uh, Silver mm-hmm. Alerts, um, wanted you know persons associated with vehicles. We could put all of our local warrants um, that are connected to a, a vehicle into those. Uh, we also, what else can we d- use that for? It, it is. Uh, you know, we could, well, let's just say, you know, and we probably will do this. We're going to track all of our local dopers, mm-hmm. you know, and we're going to watch where they're going with their drug deliveries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Are and, there any
0: hoops as far as like rights that you have to? No.
1: Um, you know, we actually meet the requirements that the American Civil Liberties Union set on the use of these. When we go live, we'll have a transparency page on our police website, www wparsonspd.com. Please okay. sign up for text and email alerts, <laughs> and um, that transparency page will provide a copy of you know the policy, the number of cars that uh, we've run through their license. It can only look at at license plates. It's not looking at you know drivers or anything like that, um, and it will show the the type of hits that we were able to to uh, to get you know to remove bad people from. Uh, the roadway so and it's not anything new there's there's like four thousand agencies across the u.s that mm-hmm. are, are using these and and i think the last time i was here you know i said you know if you go to to Wigita, there's uh you know over 150 cameras inside the city and that has reduced you know their stolen vehicle problem and it has helped them Clean up a lot of wanted people in
0: uh in Wichita. So we're gonna yeah. do the same thing. That's good, but that kinda also is a negative for me because Wichita is like my favorite spot where they go on cops. Yeah. So now see? it's gonna get really boring. Yeah. No because I those say. are so old though. I know. Yeah. Not like they're new. Yeah, you can tell you can tell on the, the cops. Award. You're like damn, they've changed the rules a little bit. <laughs> you guys are you guys are wild. <laughs>
1: yeah cops oh my gosh obviously.
0: yeah you said you didn't like cops the other day
1: yeah i you know i remember again <laughs> when i was working on the west coast they did a lot of cops out of tacoma and pierce county mm-hmm. and i knew some of those officers um and i knew some of the area mm-hmm. and every once in a while you were you know, i would look at that and i would go and that looks like a lawsuit
0: yeah, yeah all, every that's what I was thinking. Like, like a damn, I'm like, they didn't even ask that guy any questions. They just freaking threw him down and yeah. started stopping I'm like,
1: golly. Now I was watching those before the advent of body cameras. Yeah, you know, like, you know, for all of our staff, everybody's got a body camera on. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I love it when people complain. You know, this officer did this, and they weren't nice to me, and you know, they they roughed me up, and then you look at the at the body camera, and you're going. Why are you spitting at the officer? Why are you hitting my <laughs> officer? Why are you calling my officer all these names? Yeah. And the officer is going, nope, sorry, nope, nope, you're under arrest. Nope, nope. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, and I love showing people those. yeah, yeah again, out west, we used to we used to do like the greatest hits video twice a year, uh, and we showed it to the city council mm-hmm. because lots of times, especially in in, in our size of communities, people can't believe some of the weird stuff yeah. you know that you come across and yeah. it's not always all violent i mean yeah. you know w- w- you know when somebody's eating grass in front of the city hall <laughs> you know it's like what's going on here you know or oh, you know somebody's movies. rolling around you know and
0: wait was that the other day <laughs> yeah
1: so so we used to show understand. the we used to show these clips and and usually you know you know and you know the room would be full I mean that would be the night you'd have a lot of people show up oh Mm -hmm. hey let's go see this I'd
0: go watch it yeah
1: and and every single time you know the the city council members were just like our officers have to endure that yeah it's like yeah what do you think is going on yeah you know but yeah maybe one of these days we'll do that for Parsons yep that's awesome greatest hits because I would
0: come watch I'd come watch at city hall or wherever you do it hey (laughs)
1: we can sell popcorn
0: yeah (laughs) All right, well thanks for coming out. You yeah, were backed by you. popular demand. Oh wow. Okay. So well hopefully they don't, you know, they don't all hate you.
1: Well, hey, I appreciate you know each and every one of you. You know, we're out here each and every day trying to make your life better. Yep. You know, and uh yep. so you know keep keep the good stuff coming our way. Right. Eventually we'll we'll get all the bad people. <laughs> You'll work yourself out of a job. That would be my God's gift. Yep. Please, <laughs> please let that occur. Yep. All right, cool. Well, thanks. All right, be safe.